Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right, how are we? Cold by the looks of things with people chilly got chilly <laughs> Chilly willy. It's one of those days when the sun comes out but there's no heat. Mm. You think, oh, you should have just stayed in bed, son. You know, I appreciate <laughs> you making an effort but go back to bed. Aww. How about you? What are you up to, Schmitty? Oh, well, it hasn't been too cold here but I've been inside working hard at the office oh. as per every other day of the week. So, yeah, no, good. You're it's like right. a super trooper. The beams are going to blind you. I certainly oh. am, I tell you. It's a bit cooler here today, but it, it, I don't know, it's changed a little bit where I thought it was cool that it was going to be, but it's actually colder in the house than it is outside. When I went outside a little earlier, it's actually quite humid. You know what I mean? There's been a bit of rain around. When you say cool, can we put it in perspective? Are you talking like 20 degrees or something? Yeah, probably. Yeah, let me have another place. <laughs> oh, it's probably It's 21, yeah. <laughs> I'll feel, bring back those days. But it's overcast, so, you know, and it was supposed to rain a little bit. It did rain a little bit this morning, but, yeah, it's not. It's been pretty pretty mild. It's a scorching 12 here. See, that is that is the real deal. feels like it? way less. That was our high. All right. So who are we? I'm Schmitty. I'm Swanee. And I'm Clarky. And together we are... Trial, Trial by Wine. And what are we drinking? Very exciting. Coke Zero. Ooh, Coke Zero. Surprise, surprise. Straight out Straight of the gate. gate. Yep. Don't want to add anything more to that? <laughs> no. She does. No She'd love to add some vodka <laughs> to that, but she's got to do the school run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Correct. Damn that school run. Well, we're having a Feathertop 2021 Pinot Noir, which I started to have a look at, and I thought, you know what stands out to me about that? That's kind of like mid-COVID. Oh, Mm, so wow. Drink a lot of feather top in oh twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the date. Vintage twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's correct. a COVID vintage. It's a bit slow. Sorry. Yeah, Mid COVID. Yeah. I wonder if I touch it if I'll catch COVID because it could have been. I don't think so. I don't think okay. that's how it works. They yeah. were the Do days you when you were waiting for a parcel to come in and you were like yeah. taking it in gloves. Cool. Glen twenty. They were the yeah. days. Twenty twenty. Spraying myself with Glen twenty most yep. of the time. Yep. I'm drinking a damson gin. Thanks for asking. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> That's because now that I've moved to Sunbury and I'm recording in my old studio, otherwise known as the kitchen in the bungalow at Mum's house, I don't have any booze here anymore. I seem to have moved it all up there. So all I had was a gin, but that's fine. It's completely it appropriate for right now. No, no, no. I've got a bit of tonic You've water. You've got mixer. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm doing the story, of course, so I've got to stay relatively sober. Do you really? I do because, you know, from past experience, we know that there's a tipping point and it all goes downhill very quickly. It's kind of what I was pointing out. So. I know, yes. I know. Swanee, <laughs> just in case, brace yourself. You may need to take over. This is a pretty big story and I want to make sure oh. that I do it justice. Right, so let's do it then. further ado, you guys better buckle up for this one. Oh. <laughs> As you know, I listen to true crime podcasts. You would never would have guessed with the amount of knowledge I have. And it was one of those that I heard this story for the first time. And it was one of the, it's one of those stories that you can't forget, a bit like Wiggers for you, Swanee. Oh, you, you had to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Having a nice, relaxed day. Now I'm looking behind me. 
Well, she can't help it. It's such a funny trigger. Anyway, if you don't know Wigger, this case. It's a Wigger trigger. <laughs> <laughs> it is. If you don't know this case, then I think you're unlikely to forget it in a hurry after this. Oh, maybe if I drink a lot, then I'll forget you it. because do, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The secret to everything. Let's so get my, another bottle of wine. <laughs> rack it up. My sources are tampabay.com, wikipedia, blurredbylines.com, allthatsinteresting.com, ranker.com, sfgate.com, southcoasttoday.com, salon.com and scarymummy.com. All right, so speaking of the timey-winey machine, we're going to get in that machine and we're going back to 1978. When brown and poo-green corduroy were cool, hair was long, which isn't much different to today, and hitchhiking was a common way to get from A to B. True that. Mm. Yes. Can we bring back the corduroy? Oh, please, can we not? That's I, a no. I grew up yeah. in that. It doesn't give a lot, does it? It doesn't have a lot of stretch. <laughs> no, it does. <laughs> <laughs> be of a certain sort of, what's the word I'm after, a certain figure to make body that Body shape, that's yes. right. And that wasn't my body shape growing no, up in poo green corduroy. All right, so on September 29th, 1978, a 15-year-old Mary Vincent was waiting by the side of a road in California. Her folks had gone through an acrimonious divorce, which had really done a number on Mary, and she'd run away from home with her boyfriend. They lived in Like a- for real, run away from home, not, yeah. you know, I'll I'll go down to the bottom not- of the driveway. Yeah, and- yeah I'm not, not going to wait at the bottom of the path and wait for you to yeah, call right. me back. No, How no, old was she, Smitty? I missed that. 15. Sorry. 15, 15, 15, yeah. So they lived in a car for a summer in Sausalito, California, but then he was arrested on charges of raping a teenage girl, and I'm not sure mm. if that was actually was that charged. Was that her or someone That's else? That's it. I don't know. They didn't. There was nothing further on it. So whether it was statutory rape for being with Mary or another teenage girl, I'm going to assume the former. On her own, she headed to Soquel, California, where she stayed with an uncle, and then to Corona near LA to stay with her grandfather. At times, she was living on the streets and sleeping in unlocked cars in that period. So she'd had a, she was having a pretty rough time of it. Mm. Before the divorce, Mary had been a pretty normal teen. She'd been a competitive dancer and wanted to travel the world as a performer. On that fateful day... Which one? The one of the divorce? September 29, 1978. No, the day she was waiting on the side of a road. Right, sorry. Mary was with some, with some other hitchhikers waiting for a ride when a van pulled over. The driver was 50-year-old Lawrence Singleton, a merchant seaman who said he was driving to Reno, Nevada, but could take someone to LA, but he told the group he could only take one person. In a van? In a, yeah. And a, ding, and ding, 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 I ding, read ding, somewhere ding. that the other hitchhikers were like, no, you can take more than us, and if you're not yeah, taking yeah. all of us, then you're taking none of us. But she was absolutely exhausted. She'd had such a hard time. She was so overwhelmed. She just wanted to get home. So against her better judgment, Mary got into the car. Fell so for his ruse. Got into the van, yeah. Poor thing. Now, Lawrence seemed friendly enough, but he had a prior conviction for contributing to the delinquency of a minor, and I don't know what that means, uh, mm. and had a history of alcohol abuse. How many people could be abuse. convicted of that that you'd known as I, you were growing up? I have literally no idea what, what it what means, have, though. What do you have a history of? I missed that word. Contributing to the delinquency of a minor. So could that have been like giving a young person alcohol and drugs maybe? Oh, or a cigarette or, yeah, you know. Yeah. Sorry, what was your question, Sonny? I thought you said something, there was a word, but you kind of stuffed it up when you said it yourself. Abuse. But what abuse was it? 
Alcohol abuse. Ah, alcohol abuse. Sorry, got it. Yeah, I right. said alcohol. Blah, blah. Is that what, and then <laughs> I, I, I missed because I've suffered myself from a bit of alcohol. Blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what it was. Got it. Um, he was also recently divorced from his second wife and was estranged from his daughter. Now, not long after accepting the ride and setting off, Mary sparked up a dart, which made her sneeze. Remember, it was 1978. Lawrence reached over to feel her neck, asking if she was ill. Now, I'm assuming it's that kind of, you know, touch the back of your neck to see if you're running mm. a temperature type thing. But Not a thing. <laughs> it's creepy. You know, creepy right. already. Yeah. Yeah. You're running a temperature. Yeah. Strangely, Mary didn't like that, and who would, and pulled away from him, but nothing happened after that, so she fell asleep. When she woke up, it became apparent that they were driving back to Nevada, going in the opposite direction that he was supposed to be going. And, of course, jumping to the conclusion that, the worst was happening and why wouldn't you she found a stick in the car and pointed at Lawrence demanding he turn the car around and take her to LA I mean I would have said turn it just stop the car you know who keeps a stick in the car well he did let's say let's assume it was a bit of a dirty van yeah I feel like that's like the third third alarm bell there's the fact that he can only have one in the van the touching <laughs> of the neck and that stick what is that doing a bit odd I know well you're hey, running I- a temperature doll yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a stick Look, he did apologise and said, you know, it was just an honest mistake, you know, I'm sorry about that, and turned the car back back around and Mary thought that seemed fair and he did seem quite sorry. So she let it go and they continued on their way. As with all long drives and podcast recording sessions, there was that point where someone needed a wee break and in this case it was Lawrence. They pulled over and Mary got out to stretch her legs. She noticed her shoelace was undone and bent over to tie it up. It was then that Lawrence hit her over the back of the head with either his fists or a hammer. I've read multiple versions and she fell. He then tied her up and put her back in the van and tore her clothes off. He then forced his penis into her mouth and raped her vaginally, telling her not to scream or he'd kill her. When they stopped again at a canyon, he forced her orally, raped her and sodomized her. After that, you know, obviously she kept sort of pleading for him to set her free, but he just forced her to drink some dodgy alcohol and then she passed out. When she awoke next, she was being dragged about 50 yards from the van. That was unfair. That happened way too quickly. That went from just a nice little story. I know, and I need to interrupt because we were kind of all lighthearted and making jokes (laughs) and then you just went boom. I I just fell silent. I was like... Not even a little strap yourself in. I told you at the beginning to buckle up. I gave you fair warning. You're evil. (laughs) So he cut her bindings. So she's on the side of the road. He cuts her bindings. He tells her to lie down on the edge of the road. And at this time she's just begging him to let her go and let her be free. And for a moment she thought he was actually going to. He said, you want to be free? I'll set you free. No. He then cut off her left arm just below the elbow. Ah! With an hatchet, yeah. Mary remembers falling when this happened and grabbing him with her right arm to stay upright and then she was extremely confused because she was falling again and her brain was telling her that she was hanging on to him but that's because he'd also cut off her other arm under the elbow as well. So he has cut both of her arms off from I think it's three or four inches. How did he do the chopper? He had to chop her again? Yeah, so it was one of them. One of them was, I'm assuming, pretty sharp. I tell you what, the one I've got at Ilden to, for kindling wouldn't go near this. But um, so I assume it was sharp. But it was three blows on one arm and four on the other, I believe. Swanee, why have you still got your headphones? That's on? that's the worst bit, though. I got it over quick, right? Look at me, and I didn't. Give <laughs> <a word. laughs> 
Look at me. Just look at Smitty, me. I'm going to get you next time I see you. Excuse me, Red Ripper. That's all I've got to say to you. <laughs> I don't know. At least he took us. What are you about? Like two minutes in, you're in there and you're chopping limbs off. I'm like, oh, oh, no. excuse me. That was it, right? That was quick, oh. like, quick, and I did it. I wasn't you painless, the but I did off. it. Ripped the bandaid <laughs> off. But him, five hours of it, like Chinese water torture. Oh. I know it's not about me, but I feel sick. Okay. That poor girl. What, I can she was, what, 15 like, then? Two minutes yeah. into this podcast. I don't know where else we could go. I'm can we here. go and have a drink in a separate that's what makes this a really interesting story, though, or a good we story. We might need another bottle of red at this rate. Yeah, I think, Schmitty, you should go and oh, continue with this podcast by yourself. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, and we'll go and have a recovery drink. Well, she is quoted as saying, I felt all the pain, the sharpness and burning, and as the blood was leaking out of my body, I felt the hot ooze just flowing out of me. Oh, I felt so she everything. survived as well. I was aware She's of had to because, well, she's getting yeah, Otherwise, Schmitty's got a good Ouija yeah. board. Yeah. She survived. Lawrence then shoved her down a nine-metre embankment, so she's they're on the edge of a canyon. He said, oh, my Lord. Following her down, he stuffed her into a concrete pipe and said, okay, now you're free. What? Oh, my God. Assuming oh, that I'm sorry, this is going to let me have nightmares. Yeah. yeah, it's a big concrete pipe, though, Carly. You know, like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Not, okay. not, not, when I like say a, stuffed, he's like trying to hide one. the body, like oh, a big, yeah, drain, yeah. big, big drainage, yeah, drainage okay. pipe. Question. I just want, yeah. Is it pipe lying down? Is it one of those massive drain pipes or is it standing up and she won't be able I to would climb say, out? I would say it's a drainage pipe because it's under the road, you know, like so there's a steep right. embankment she's yep. gone down. Like culvert, so somewhere yeah. down the, it's a cul- it is a culvert, right? So he's, right. he's thrown her into that and he's pushed her into the, the pipe, right? It is exactly I just want to know if everyone else heard Schmidty say that that was it. And then continue on in a similar fashion. <laughs> Am I going crazy, or is that every like far out lady? Well, you were <laughs> to leave the room. I had to keep you in. <sighs> I'm starting to be concerned about like the wiring of my brain. Starting to listen to like the last couple of weeks have been. <laughs> oh my this is, word! This it's is a an lot. interesting case because there's a lot of good not. Not like Mary suffers a lot, but a lot of good comes out of this as Great. well. So it's okay, one of those sort of terrible moments, but also yeah. triumphant. Okay, yes. so okay. just stick with it. Okay. If any of our if any of our listeners do think that Schmitty needs a Chinese burn next time I see her, where should they email Schmitty? Try by wine at gmail. I'm not sure that a Chinese burn, given the I don't say the crime, injuries, oh. given, yeah. given just what happened. Clark is really good at being inadvertently inappropriate, isn't he? Yes. You clearly didn't think about that, did you, Paul? Which one would I? (laughs) Ouch. Right. If they would like to come up with their own trial by wine sentence (laughs) or shooting next time I see her, where they email? I've never heard you say Chinese burns. I was like, is he? No. Trial by wine at gmail.com. <laughs> um, no, he has said it before. Very oh, yeah. Early, okay. very Chinese burn. Yeah, yeah, Chinese burn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, and if anyone would like to punish uh, Clarky for the Red Ripper, then go right ahead too. So he's put her in this pipe in the culvert because uh-huh. he's assumed that she would die soon enough and he took mm-hmm. off. And they, they think that he cut her arms off to avoid her being easily recognized, uh, identified. Identified. Mm. Okay, yeah. Anyway, however, Lawrence Singleton did not know the kind of young woman he had attacked. Mary Go Mary. Die. That's right. When she woke, she knew she was in real serious trouble. So she hadn't bled out already. She was bleeding profusely from the two arm wounds, naked, alone, and at the bottom of a ravine. In Having a... just been raped and sodomised. Oh, and... yeah, I don't even want to. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. 
In an extraordinary feat of survival, Mary stuffed mud into her wounds to stem the bleeding and dragged herself up the ravine and onto the road. She then walked three miles out of the culvert she had been dumped in, which was Del Porto Canyon, with her arms raised to stem the bleeding. I mean, the presence of mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to misquote this, but she said something along the lines of, I held my arms up to stop the blood and muscles falling out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's extraordinary, isn't it? And I also read somewhere else, I couldn't, I haven't got the exact quote, but when she woke up, she, she knew she was in a really bad way and she knew she was, Dying. could die. And there was just this voice in her head saying, he's going to do it to other people. You have mm. to survive. He's going to do it again. So that was part of kind of what drove her out, you wow. know, drove her to keep moving. Yeah. She's, she is an absolutely extraordinary woman. So following the sound of the freeway till she reached it, Mary tried to flag down the first car she saw. Oh God, could which, you imagine seeing that? Well, I think it was Clarky and Woo. terrifying. I seem to recall it was a red convertible. And she flagged us down oh. on her way to a winery. <laughs> on your way to a winery. And <laughs> you, Could you imagine if that happened? You got it, the shit out of there because it was like something out of a nightmare uh, had just arrived on the yeah. side of the road. So they drove off. They, they were terrified. Yeah, terrified. Yeah. Yeah. They shocked, yeah. Did they really? Uh, yeah, they did. The first yeah, I'm not saying you guys did would or did. It just was it was a red convertible. But yeah, no, they they booked it. They just shut themselves basically. Did they call the police? They no. they shut themselves. Oh, well, I mean, I'm not no, saying I mean, the side of it was right at all. But just imagine. Yeah, it would be terrifying in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> woman yeah. naked, yeah. covered in blood, blood and mud, arms, arms. Yeah, God missing. forbid you want to help her. I mean. No, but you wouldn't know. I, I can kind yeah, of understand. It's almost like, a, uh, like is that a movie. real thing or real is that a thing. ghost? What am I looking I at? You know? I think yeah. it'd be too in the middle I of nowhere. I think they movie. just went, oh, not today. No, no, no. no I, they would, I think they'd be terrified. They were frightened. They should have, they were I would have been they called. I would have called the police. done something, yeah. but they were frightened. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, fortunately, the second, a second Someone couple. Someone with more ball turned up. Yeah. second couple who were on a holiday and apparently were kind of driving around a bit lost stopped to help her. They wrapped her up in the towels and that that they had in their car and they drove her to a nearby airport where they called an ambulance because in I'm Figuring in 1978, the yeah, area, there wasn't much around, so that was the nearest place to yeah. get to a phone because you didn't have mobiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mary was able to give an incredibly detailed description of Lawrence, which meant they could do a police sketch that was so accurate that people immediately recognised him. Are you serious? Really? She's in for Mary. She did go on to recover physically from the ordeal after spending over a month in hospital and was fitted with prosthetic arms and eventually turned to returned to school and I read somewhere else that she went to a specialised school because at this point she was handicapped. And the prosthetic arms had hooks on either end of them and so if you look at the yeah. images of her, she actually has hooks on her arms and she's unbelievable in the way that she uses them. You know, she, she did work really hard to adapt to that mm. quite uh, quickly. Unfortunately, though, in order to save her right arm, they had to take some of her parts of her leg. And so her what? dreams of being, she's still got her legs, but they had to use a bit like a bone graft or something. And it meant that she won't be able to dance, wouldn't be able to dance professionally after that because. So she had oh, these dreams of being. Or something, but it would have been something, but it would have weakened the leg, yeah, which right. meant that she wasn't yeah, able yeah. to continue with her dreams of being a dancer. Aww. She, her, of her own talent, said, I'd have been a lead dancer at the Lido to Paris in Las Vegas, she said in 97, then Hawaii and Australia. I'm serious. I was really good on my feet. But when this happened, they had to take some parts out of my leg just to save my right arm. So that was also, you know, another whammy for her. The police arrested Lawrence 
uh, and Mary, who was absolutely terrified, testified against him. Lawrence denied doing anything wrong and accused Mary of being a sex worker, calling her a ten-dollar-a-night whore. So I guess it makes it okay to cut her arms off. Hmm. We spoke last week about men who hate women, and I'm it absolutely is. sure Lawrence falls into that category. He also made up a story that there were others in the van. He said that he'd picked up two male hitchhikers, Larry, imaginative, isn't it? His name's Lawrence. He's using Larry. his own name. Yeah, yeah. And Pedro. He said they, <laughs> they stopped at a bar, bought some dope, smoked the dope and drank, stopped in a canyon, and then paid for sex with Mary. He said he passed out and woke to find Larry driving the van towards San Francisco. Mary's clothes were in the van, but she was gone. Larry told Lawrence Mary had her hands in the till and was sent to Los Angeles. I don't even know what that means. What? Lawrence then left the two hitchhikers in San Francisco. It's feasible, yeah? Yeah. No, that's a no from me. Despite having to face this complete bag of dicks, Mary testified and only referred to him (laughs) as my attacker. (laughs) And not by his name. And that reminded me of Jacinda Ardern, who famously wouldn't name the guy who went on that rampage and murdered 51 people yes. in 40 mm-hmm. more in Christchurch. Mm. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, you know, that works so well, I don't know that guy's name. So good yeah, on yeah. her. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, neither do I. Mary was firm in insisting that he did this, as in cut her arms off. And she said that in in that she said, oh, he did this. You know, he did this Mm. in the trial. And October 1978, the Stanislaus County Grand Jury returned an indictment charging Lawrence with count one, forcible rape, count two, forcible oral copulation, count three, kidnapping, count four, sodom, count five, forcible oral copulation, count six, mayhem, Count seven attempted murder. The indictment also is that for the arms. It's not murder. like the other one. Mayhem. Mayhem is worse than it sounds. We've, we've that, talked about mayhem before. Like I think it's acting Saturday in a way night. that is intended to hurt someone. No, mayhem. There is a technical definition of mayhem in legal terms. It's not because it just doesn't sound like it's it not just having there. shits and giggles and going a bit yeah. cray cray. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not just cray. I'm I'm up for some mayhem. It's, it's not having no. like a stick in the back of your van. That was I wild. Think, <laughs> that was I wild. think it's something to do with intentionally hurting someone or having okay so so Stuart's just googled that it says violent or extreme disorder chaos as a definition and then law the crime of maliciously injuring or maiming someone originally so as to render them defenseless yeah oh so that's the arm how did mayhem go from that to our current day content i think we use the word Quite frivolous, frivolously. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, mayhem. Yeah. The next time someone says it was mayhem, the three of us will be like, "Oh, I hope not." <laughs> a bit of side <laughs> eye, a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> what do you mean? Who was maimed to everyone's, the point where they're defenseless? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It was mayhem. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure it wasn't. You're talking about school pickup or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, it was yeah. mayhem. Yeah, could you research that and come back to me because <laughs> I, don't, like I think you'll find it probably wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> The indictment also alleged that Lawrence used a deadly weapon in committing the offences charged in counts three, six and seven. Yeah, I don't know which three, six and seven were, but he definitely used a deadly weapon. Mayhem, attempted murder and kidnapping Um, and inflicted great bodily injury in committing the offences, and I think we can all agree with that. His defence tried to argue that he was drunk and therefore had limited capacity. They also tried to say he was a mentally disordered sex offender, but that didn't hold as he had no priors for sex offence. 
He had only a history of violence caused by alcohol intoxication. Now, if you are wondering why I went into the detail of the charges and specified the types of assaults against Mary, as instead of saying she was raped and bad things happened, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was relevant for this next contention by the defence, which really got me. Taken from caselaw.findlaw.com, Lawrence's third contention in the sentences imposed on counts two and five oral copulation, are improper double punishment in contravention of section 654. On this point, Lawrence appears to argue the acts of oral copulation were used as a means of committing the ensuing rapes and sodomy and were not independent separate crimes. He asserts the inference to be drawn from the evidence is that the oral copulations were not achieved to achieve a separate sexual gratification, but to achieve erections so that the rapes and sodomy could be committed. That, that's that? like a necrophilic act saying to? I oh had to murder God. them so I could have sex with them. Like, like the Red Ripper saying up, I had to do all this horrible violence yeah. towards someone to be able to ejaculate. The whole It should all be wrapped up in one thing because it was all in order to do something. It wasn't no. different things. And, yeah, no, and somebody allows them to argue that. I know, yeah, like yeah. really? Yeah. Anyway, don't worry. It didn't get it. Didn't get away with it. Finally well, they Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> well you're getting really angry right. and I want you to, you know, uh, move on. Finally they argued that he was improperly sentenced under section six six four and one eight seven for attempted murder rather than for the more specific offence of assault with intent to commit murder under section two one seven, providing for a lesser penalty. So oh you charged him on the wrong thing, um, so he should get you know, less time. It's just, I mean, let's face it, the defence are, in my mind, Desperate. desperately trying to just lesser and get us away from possibly the death penalty here, I think. So first up, didn't do it. Then, well, I did some of them, but those ones don't count because I needed to do them to do that. And and then, no, you've, you've got the wrong charge. It wasn't that bad. Worse yet. Worse yet. It's not even I didn't do that. It's like it doesn't matter that I did that because she was a whore. She asked for it. Well, kind of. But first up he was saying that he fell asleep and it was Larry and Pedro. Yeah, complete fabrication. Yeah, fabrication. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean by he didn't do it. It was was a person with the same name as mine and the Hispanic one. They're (laughs) the ones who did it. Oh, don't even, yeah. Well, no, but. No, I know, (sighs) but everything. (laughs) I think Carla just jumped at that horrible noise you made. Oh, sorry. Um, that was my cat fur balling. <laughs> I know. It's disgusting. Just stop it. As Mary left, here's the worst bit. Get ready for it. Oh. Uh, well, it's not You're the worst bit in violence. It's just really creepy. Yeah, yeah. As Mary left the courtroom, Lawrence said something to her, which he later admitted was, I'll finish this job if it takes me the rest of my life. <gasps> he didn't. He did. Oh, my What did she say? God. Will not. She did nothing. She ran for the hills, the poor darling. In April nineteen, awful. I know he's a oh, monster. Mental as you know, mental trauma as well. More mental trauma. Well, she's already got enough of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In April nineteen seventy nine, Lawrence was found guilty and sentenced to a total of fourteen and one third years in prison, as follows. Count seven, attempted murder, 10 years, including six years for the offence, one year for the use of a weapon, and three years for the infliction of great bodily injury. Hang on a minute. Are you expecting Swanee to do the math on this or are you going to give just us a total years. figure that's, at the end? That's, oh, it's it's 14, just, the total is 14 years. <laughs> Thanks. Already. I'm already like. <laughs> Count one, rape, one and one-thirds consecutively. What? Count one and one-third? Year. Yeah, years. One yeah. year for raping. What? Does that count? Yeah. Why? And one so third. Why so little? 
because at the time the California law had incredibly lenient uh, sentences for sexual offences. Okay. Because women shouldn't be asking for it. Because women is hoes, yeah. Yeah, that's right. She was a sex worker. Don't worry ah. about it. Well, he didn't kill her. You know, yeah, you know. It's only rape. I know he tried, oh. but, you know, it's only rape. Some people. You know I'm being sarcastic when I say that. Of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the abhorrent kind of thinking. Next, next, they'll want to be treated like humans. I mean, or at least out. equals. I know the outrage counts yeah. two and five oral copulation, consecutive terms of one year each. Count four sodomy, a consecutive term of one year. Oh, I would like someone to have a few more years for putting something up my bottom without my permission, let alone my vajayjay. Yeah. They're, they're consecutive with the ten years, so none of these are adding on to the ten years. Is that right? I don't know. It's, it's, it's confusing. Maybe. Sentences <laughs> imposed on count that, six, mayhem, and count three, kidnapping, was stayed pending completion of the sentences on the other court. There you go. You're right. That's all done together, but when that's finished, then you get the sentences for mayhem, kidnapping, and those two, yeah, mayhem and kidnapping. I, I don't think I've ever had cause to ask this before, but you know how he raped her more than once. Does Correct. he get so the one twice. year for each time he raped her? Because you know how you were very clear how he did it and then they went somewhere else and did it again. Is it just an overall here's your rape portion of penalty, it. yeah, versus that rape and that rape? Yeah, he gets a year for rape, then he gets overall rape, yeah, just yeah. To, you could year have one third. Year you should have done a few more times while you're at it because you're, you're only getting a year anyway. Yeah, yeah, and then with the what oral a wasted opportunity on your behalf, a mate. Year for that How disgusting! Sodomy so, gets another year. Yeah, and they're all on top of the ten then. Yeah, no, listen, listen, no, listen. No, Count seven attempted murder, ten years, including six years for the actual attended, attempted murder, and then all the rapes and sexual stuff is added right. up to the extra four, right? So that's this, ten years. This should be a year 12 maths problem. Oh, I know, I know, you're not wrong. That, if I was on the train heading north at 60 k's an hour. <laughs> Lawrence rapes no, Mary no. twice, but he's only, pe- yeah, three times, but he's only given a one year sentence. Does that mean she should no, be no, it's, it's so bad because that's saying that he's a generic theme as no, opposed to all the different instances of him actually true. doing it, that's you know. Right. And, yeah, yeah. And they, were, they were clearly, there was one, there was two, there was three, there was this, there was that. Yep. It's like, oh, no, we'll give you the generic one year. You get a year. Yep. You know, you could have raped her six times. It's revolting. It is. It is. The mayhem and kidnapping was stayed pending completion of the other ten, so that added up to four and something years. Then he was credited with 225 days calculated upon 193 actual days credit, so that's about a time. He deserves no credit. I'm not (laughs) crediting. About a time he spent in jail already. No credit, mate. Sorry. You're in debt. Time served. Fuck and as off. I said, really, really short for what he did. In court today, he would have received four, uh, 14 to life for each charge. So the law wow. has changed this. Wow. The presiding judge remarked that if he had the power, he would have sentenced him to the term of his natural life. Yeah. Good on him. Even, that, even back couldn't. then he would have, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. No, he, that was the judge who had to sentence him to the, yeah. the maximum he to could the, give him. At the time. Yeah, 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 at the time. Yeah, he gave him the maximum. On a, as I said, on a big plus, as a direct result of this case and the fact that he got off so light, the Singleton Bill was drafted, which stops the early release of perpetrators who commit a crime involving torture and the minimum sentence of a crime involving torture is now 25 years. 
Meanwhile, unsurprisingly, the trial and Lawrence's comment to Mary had an appalling effect on her. She struggled with her family and felt isolated at school. As soon as she graduated, she moved away from home, becoming reclusive and not advising anyone where she lived, most likely to avoid him finding her. She was terrified of him finding her and killing her. She later said that her family had pretty much gave up on her, treating her like she'd died because she no longer had arms. Mary struggled with depression, developing an eating disorder which, you know, usually comes from a need for control. Didn't want to leave her house. Most of her relationships fell apart and she even considered suicide. But I think it's a testament to the incredible strength Mary has that she didn't go through with that either. She moved to Washington State where she had a child, Luke, to a man she doesn't talk about. And then she married a landscaper named Mr. Matthew. I couldn't really get his first name either. This was about 10 years after the attack. Now, as you guys know, having attended my wedding, there are a few odd moments that make it memorable more than perfect. But thankfully, I didn't have this experience. On her wedding day, one of her guests thought it appropriate to tell her that Lawrence Singleton had just been released from jail. No, they didn't. Having spent eight years behind bars of the 14-year, four-month sentence. Mm -hmm. (gasps) She really needs to have had a look at that guest list. The problem is, Swanee, as you would know, I'm sure we've discussed this, but, you know, sometimes after you've sent the invites, you can't take them back, you know. No, it's true. So sometimes you think, oh, oh, well. Oh, poor thing. That's and, of course, he got released for good behaviour. Did he find God? It's the JCs. No, I don't think so. Um, interestingly, psychologists from San Quentin, where he spent his time, reported he was a paranoid personality, severe schizoid and capable of angry and destructive outbursts on those weaker than he. They did not recommend that he was let out. So it was good to see. Who did? Parole board. Of course, that news that he was out had a really profound impact on not just the wedding day but her marriage. Her husband came from a more sheltered background. Mary said the worst thing he'd ever experienced was a scab on his knee. Unable to cope with the fear of a psycho possibly stalking Mary and her family, he left after the birth of their son, Alan. And I read that she actually, I think, gave Alan to him uh, to raise because she felt that he'd be safer with uh, his father. Mm, yeah, away from her. Yeah, and I'm not really sure about Luke, whether or not he was already with someone else. I couldn't find anything about She She later ends up with her children, but at this point in time. I presume she I'm gets sure no help anything. either because the help would suggest that he should Just still be inside, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they're saying he's rehabilitated, then she shouldn't get any support because she shouldn't need it, right? Well, she couldn't. Well, she was also pretty disabled as a result of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Injury, but she couldn't work. Received very little welfare support, and of course, those prosthetics and that kind of stuff on the American healthcare system was incredibly expensive. So she couldn't actually afford to get them refitted or anything. So, so things were bad. She no ended victims up, of crime fund or whatever that would pay for that. Nothing for her. No, wow. she ended up living in an abandoned gas station near Tacoma. Her lodgings weren't the best with no electricity and I'm guessing it was a bit humid because her arms literally rusted. Terrified that Lawrence would find her and finish the job, she lived in hiding, kept herself away from everyone, suffered the effects of the trauma and just trying to survive. She developed, uh, I've already said she had an eating disorder. It took years for her to get over that. With Lawrence out of jail, she couldn't for one minute drop her guard and feel safe. The night terrors plaguing her so much that she actually talked about how she broke her own ribs once because she jolted awake so hard. <sighs> and I just can't even imagine it. I, I mean, Jeepers. What the? But enough about Mary. <laughs> what about Lawrence and his newfound freedom? Yeah. You're going to really wind us up now, aren't you? Oh, no. 
it was it was going so well it wasn't it, it was a scar punch it was a punch in the nuts early on and i thought mm, this has all been revealed very quickly what has schmitty got in her bag of tricks and it's not really a bag of dicks <laughs> Whilst Lawrence was technically free on parole, the local community absolutely revolted at his being released. Yes. Probably due with the abject horror of the crime and the young age of his victim, absolutely nobody wanted him living in their community. Where was Did he? You say, at this point he was in San Quentin. Did you say probably due to that? Yeah, or? It was sort of a, a joke. Yeah, I feel like we can all agree that it was due to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> According to Time magazine, as authorities attempted to settle him in one Bay Area town after another, angry crowds and Tampa's chapter of the Guardian Angels led protests, screamed, picketed and eventually prevailed. In Rodeo, about 25 miles northeast of San Francisco, a crowd of approximately 500 local protesters forced officers to move him under armed guard from a hotel room. Authorities tried housing him across the street from Concord City Hall, but that was met with protests and failed too. He was removed from one apartment in Contra Costa County in a bulletproof vest after 400 residents surrounded the building to protest a decision to place him there permanently. Just want to know, so the police are protecting him but not her. Mm-hmm. At this point, they're just trying to resettle him after leaving prison, correct? They're also protecting him, him while she lives next to a service station, Mm. you know, like who should we be protecting here? Yeah, yeah, I know. She's been abandoned, yeah. We we have a strange sense of obligation where we go, we've got to protect the criminal and give them a safe place to be rehomed whilst the victim is just absolutely left to her own devices. Just wanted to point that out. That's what's going on in my head at the moment. Now, I don't know how to say this, but Governor George Duke... Mejian, Duke Mejian, does anyone know who he is? Governor George Duke Mejian ordered that uh, Lawrence be placed in a trailer on the grounds of San Quentin for the duration of his one-year parole. So he literally had to live in a caravan on the grounds of the prison (gasps) because no one would have him. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know why you didn't know how to tell us. (laughs) But... Taxpayer money. She didn't know how to pr- pronounce his, his name. name. Like, but it was, I, was like, oh. yeah. I thought it was that, but I was like, I don't know how to tell you this. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> what is I'm it? No, 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 it was just the guy's name. I know. I was just being well facetious. Yeah. I like it. And at the end of the one-year term, did they also buy him a car so we could tow that trailer around the fucking... <laughs> and yeah, probably. Go so to so one prison ground, so like, like they're like camping grounds. <laughs> move home. Ted, it's like the grey nomad. It's like the criminal yeah. nomad. He's going to one, from one prison to another and park oh, on the front lawn yeah. for security. No, but they did have him on a curfew and they did have him being monitored by a guard. So there was still cost to the state to make sure that he was there uh, <laughs> and all right, yeah. I'd be happy with the mob getting him. Mm, well, that's not how we were. And that money going to her. So whilst living in the trailer in San Quentin, he didn't find God, but he did join Alcoholics Anonymous and oh. claimed to have become sober. Thank you. Clearly it wasn't enough to brutally rape and then cut the arms off Mary. Oh. He also decided to sue her. Are you serious? Mm. We sometimes use the term victim blaming and old mate... Lawrence was the absolute master of it. At no point did he ever see himself as the bad guy. He alleged that she had threatened him with a stick and said she would tell people that he'd raped her. Of course, this totally justified him becoming violent. He, and in his own words, off. yeah, everything I did was And the stick survival. was in his fan anyway, so I knew that was a problem. 
Everything I did was for survival, he wrote in a letter to Amanda Spake, a journalist who interviewed him. He was the victim here, and just in case you thought he had a penchant for killing prostitutes and hating on sex workers, oh no, sailors are never hostile to prostitutes, also in the letter to Amanda. Said no one ever. Said a murderous sailor. He tried to sue Mary for forcible kidnap for the purposes of robbery. Bringing this case against her upset him. He said he felt sorry for her and he almost threw up three times and couldn't sleep after filing the complaint. Wow, wow, wow. Poor Lawrence. (laughs) He couldn't sleep. He couldn't sleep. He sounds like Cigarette Sally. Yeah. No one was having a bar of this absolute codswallop and the courts dismissed it. Good. Right before Lawrence's parole ended, Donald Stahl, the Stanislaus County prosecutor at Lawrence's trial, said, I think if anything he's worse now. He's not taken responsibility. He lives in a bizarre fantasy land and acquits himself each day. He doesn't accept his guilt and won't resolve never to do it again. I love a good double negative. (laughs) Sadly, he couldn't stay in that trailer on the grounds of San Quentin forever. So after his parole was up and he was fully released from prison, Lawrence went home to Florida. Ah, I heard you say Tampa before. I wondered where Florida was going to be. Yes. In 1990, he was arrested for petty theft but served a fraction of a two-year sentence. We don't hear much about him for a while there, but then he settles. Petty theft, you get that, Radio. And I just think about what that really just another repeat offence, right? That's mm-hmm. A little petty theft versus raping someone and whatever else, and he's still only got a year and a third or whatever else for that at that time. Yeah. True, true, Awful. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Petty theft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that candy bar was worth more than yeah. a person's, you know, ongoing everything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he settled in Orient Park, East Tampa. His neighbours and friends knew that he'd had trouble with the law, but they all believed good old Bill, which was what he was calling himself, <laughs> um, who was 69 at the time, when he said he'd been framed for a rape, you know, in California. You know, yeah, it was California. It's crazy. Well. And I, I didn't mention yeah. that I'd chopped her arms off. No, no. He did. As my next line, he neglected to tell them he'd cut her arms yes. off too and left her for dead. Yeah, he gives her um, just enough to be, oh, there's a problem. Uh, you know, there's if you want to think it's me. You know, you're giving them enough to sort of work with it, and they're like, oh, he's being open about it. He's telling us that. He's so told us. That's right. He's not trying to hide it. Yeah. 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 He must have been set up. If you really did it, you'd hide it. He kept a meticulously clean house. So I read something about his brother had given him a barracks, an old barracks, and he'd done the whole thing up. And he went bowling with his buddies, and, you know, he was really oh, good lovely. with his garden, and he just seemed like a nice old man. On fr- February the 1st, 1997. Lawrence tried to kill himself in front of the whole neighbourhood. Brilliant. He attached a dryer hose to his van exhaust pipe and took a nap in the vehicle. A local couple saved his life. Who saved him? A nice local couple thinking they would do the right thing. (laughs) And he ended up in psychiatric care. His family wanted him committed under the state's Barker Act and whilst two psychiatrists signed a statement. Barker Act? That's what it's called. Sounds like that's what you... Named dogs with. It'll be named after some case where someone proves that the family should be allowed to get someone committed. Um, okay, because they don't like them. Yep. No, because they're a oh. risk to themselves and everyone else. Ah, right. They did sign it off and the psychiatrist signed a statement saying that he posed a real and present threat of substantial harm to his well-being and there was a court hearing set for the 13th of February but he signed himself out of the hospital on the 10th of February as without the court order they couldn't stop him and for whatever reason the court hearing was cancelled. So that 
court hearing, which was meant to be the 13th of Feb, was cancelled. He signed himself out of the psychiatric care and the psychiatric hospital on the 10th of February. What year is that? 1997. Well, they probably cancelled it because he wasn't in psychiatric care anymore. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. What? I'm not sure if it doesn't apply, but, yeah, okay. On February the 19th, 1997, nine days after he'd signed himself out of psychiatric care, Lawrence was feeling blue. Hitting the bottle and other substances, he decided that some time spent with a lady of the night would be a good idea. He picked up Roxanne Hayes, a beautiful 31-year-old mother of three from her regular hangout on East Hillsborough Avenue. He said at the time that although she was normally a lovely person, on that day she complained about the high price of cocaine. So he knew her from before. He's, he's used to before, yeah. Sadly, Roxanne was addicted to drugs and due to a series of previous arrests, she found it hard to get tax-paying work. So to provide for her family, she was a sex worker. And as you say, as so, La- exactly. As Lauren said, she was normally a lovely person, so we do need to assume that they'd met before, which may explain why she went back to his house, which she didn't normally do. When you say normally a lovely person, other than when she was a prostitute, no, just on this means? day, she was a bit off on this day because she was bitching about Sorry, the cost right, of cocaine. Okay. I was yes, just saying okay. that he's spoken as though he's known her before, he's seen her yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, normally yeah, lovely, yeah, but that. she was bitchy on this day. So there's, yeah. there's evidence that they've right. known each other before. Later that day, a painter who had done some work at Lawrence's dropped by unannounced, intending to touch up a few bits, when he saw Lawrence viciously beating Roxanne through the lounge room window. Horrified, he watched Lawrence seeming to punch her repeatedly and ran off to call 911. By the time the police arrived 34 minutes later, Roxanne had been stabbed seven times and was dead. And I did read that when the painter was there, he actually saw him through the window. He went into the house. Lawrence turned over his shoulder and looked at him. I think he might have even told Roxanne, he might have said something like, shut up, bitch, to Roxanne or something. And she was lying there dying, pleading for help. So before I go on, I do want to say that there's very little reported about Roxanne, which I think is an indictment. Most of the headlines at the time focus on her occupation and seem to compartmentalise her to being less important in this story than Mary. It's not a competition. But I just want us to remember that Roxanne had her life ahead of her, a wonderful partner and three beautiful children. Her daughter, Akiena wrote a letter not long after the death of her mother which read, I don't think my mum should have died and I just don't understand why. She was a good mum to me and my brothers and a good wife to my father. She did what she had to do for us kids. So I guess I just want us to remember Roxanne as a great mother doing everything she could for her kids. Despite her own difficult upbringing and drug use, she never missed any of her kids' performances at school. She read them bedtime stories and made sure no one went hungry. She was remembered by her partner Tyson Clifford and her children as a loving and gregarious woman who would do anything for anyone. And the thing that really makes me angry is I can assure you that if I were murdered, the press would not headline every bulletin on it as marketing manager killed. But no one seems to have an issue with prostitute or sex worker murdered in big letters on the page. Roxanne was a human being who deserved better. Right. Rant over. When they knocked on the front door, Lawrence came out with blood on his chest saying he and his girlfriend had had a bit of a blue. But as the policeman followed him into the house, he saw Roxanne lying on the lounge room floor. On this occasion, Lawrence didn't deny killing her. He said something along the lines of, I didn't do that first one. Yeah, but I did this one. Still holding on to the claptrap version of events that he was the victim and framed for Mary's attack. So he said that he and Roxanne had had dinner and then sex and then she tried to take his wallet which incensed him and he twisted her arm to get it back. 
she alleged she grabbed a kitchen knife and swung it at him. Now, this kitchen knife was his handy potato peeling knife that he kept in the lounge room for when he was peeling potatoes in front of the TV. Because you do that, don't you? You always leave your handy potato peeling knife in in your lounge room. Yeah. In a co-mingling of the lyrics of two songs from the musical Chicago, they both reached for the knife, the knife, the knife, and she ran into his knife. She ran into his knife seven times. Yes, about as believable as that, he claimed that she was accidentally stabbed seven times in the tussle. He explained the seven-inch deep cut straight through her liver to her spine by Uh. saying that he fell on top of her. Uh. So the evidence was pretty damning. The forensics showed the stab wounds were deliberate, the angle of the wounds, the trajectory of the blows and and defensive wounds. She definitely, you know, tried to defend herself. They also established that he'd been in the process of dragging her body out to put in the van when the police arrived. The jury found him guilty of first-degree murder. Now, as we discussed in the Jodie Arias case, there are multiple phases of a court case. At this point, we've completed the trial phase and I didn't see any evidence of post-trial motions um, so it went pretty quickly to f- uh, penalty phase. And this is where Mary Vincent returns. Oh. Mary flew to Florida to testify in the penalty phase of the case to make sure that no one could be laboring under the incorrect belief that Lawrence Singleton was anything other than a vicious monster and also that he should get the death penalty. She was called as the prosecution's only witness in the penalty phase. And I thought this was weird because I wasn't sure whether or not anything in previous cases is actually has any bearing on the current case. Admissible, yeah. Particularly after he'd done his time, but anyway, they allowed it, so there you go. I think probably if he's if part of his defence is that he was innocent of the first crime, maybe that's mm. how they can reintroduce it. Well, they didn't bring him. They didn't bring her in her in terms of the defense. guilty bit, in terms of you know determining yep. his guilt. They brought her in pretty much to make sure that everyone understood that he should get the death penalty. Which I find weird. No, well, maybe then it's to do with the fact that you keep her out during the guilty phase, but then when you start to go to the penalty phase and go, you know, is there a pattern, is there other things that are relevant, maybe because he's already been found guilty, we now go on to this point and she can come and speak. I think the other thing that could have some bearing is that he's done this horrible thing before he's got out, he's killed someone else again. So mm. whether he didn't get, if he didn't get the death penalty, then he needed to get life without parole, you know. And so, when you so say that, killed someone else again, you mean for the first time? Yeah, I know. I mean, just a lot of Mary on. Vincent's life died when he attacked her. Oh, no, I, I understand, just technically. It. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, she's still terrified to face him. She's, she's amazing. still at this point very thin. She's She keeps her head down, you know, she's she's. It just to get one foot in the other in front of the other is incredibly impressive. But to go have the strength to drag herself in to this situation to see justice done is uh, absolutely extraordinary. I was raped, she told the jury. I had my arms cut off. He used a hatchet. He left me to die. Lawrence Singleton was sentenced to the death penalty and spent three years on death row until he died from cancer at the age of 74 in 2001. How old was he when he first raped? He was 50. 50. 24 years too long. Mary Vincent has founded the Mary Vincent Foundation to help other survivors of violent crimes and has become a successful artist. She also married a man named Tom Wilson in 1999 who, from what I read about him, was very protective of her. He's a bit older than her and 
I think that they they looked like quite a good match because he made her feel safe. And at that point in time, it was all about how she'd come out of her shell. She was smiling. Her weight had come, you know, she'd regained weight. She'd finally, she'd had so many, she talks about how there were so many new starts, so many times for her to move on, so many things that she tried to do and to just have setback after setback. And now she's actually, in front, well, in 99 from then on, she seemed to kind of get somewhere finally, which is mm-hmm. great. And uh, understandably, she stays out of the limelight, preferring to live her life with her family like everyone else. And, yeah, I think they're still so married. So she's, when when she's back with her extended family or are they her still sons. not her? Her right. sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is the harrowing story of Mary Vincent and Roxanne Hayes and the devastation wrought by one monstrous seaman. <gasps> <laughs> wow. That is a bad pun, Smitty. That is bad. He was a merchant seaman. He's a bad man. Yeah. He is. A, he's heinous. Sailors don't have a problem with prostitutes, apparently. How's it's that for a no, Just real. imagine how many crimes go by un. Mm-hmm. No. Just, you know. Undiscovered. The, maybe yeah. less so now than before, but certainly from that period. It does make you wonder if it attacked others. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's right. What a scary piece of work. He's like, a why just on man. that day he decided to rape yeah. her and try and kill her? And the fact that he cut her arms off like he was trying to hide her identity and oh, stuffed her in the culvert yeah. and all that sort of stuff. It's like maybe, I don't know. There was no evidence or anything that he or suggest, linked him to any other cases. But How'd you find this case? I heard it on a podcast oh, right, yeah, yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. But also it's popped up once or twice. It's been on my list for a long time, but I yeah. wanted to give it. I'll be honest with you. I wanted to give Mary, you know, have Mary's story there. But I, I spent more time trying to find out more about Roxanne because there isn't much about her at all. And I, I really don't like the fact that she's sort of almost like an afterthought. She's sort of like, oh, and then he killed a, a woman. and he Oh, yeah, then he killed a sex worker, yeah. I, and I said woman because I don't, I don't even want to repeat it, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it just it's just wrong. Anyway, what are your thoughts, guys? Who do you want to sentence? Oh, what I don't what know. fresh I don't, hell do you want to rain down on them? I don't know where to start. I, I, there, is, there is so much wrong with this case. You know, the fact that Roxanne had to die to get him to die We'll just get him to jail is, again. Get him well. Get him out seriously punished, yeah. right? Yeah, he's probably a, a better thing. Poor Mary. I I am. Um, I say poor Mary. My God, amazing Mary. The way that she's managed to survive through all of that is remarkable, mm-hmm. and she must be an incredible woman. And I I sometimes wonder when we hear stories like this. What if? you know, her parents hadn't divorced and she hadn't run away, you know, and she had have had a, a nice, solid, supportive upbringing that allowed her to reach her full potential, where would that have gone? And and sometimes I guess, you know, victims look back and go, well, because of all of this, this has allowed me to get to yeah, this is where I am. Yeah, that's why I'm so yeah. able, able to help other people and here's my purpose, yeah. Correct. And I think that's the only way that you can look at it, but... I don't know, like, and, and then the fact. It's a tidy way, right? It's a tidy yeah. way and it helps us to deal with it, I think, because I think. Oh, and it gives you some gratitude to yeah. go, well, you know, how, how else do you survive it? How else do you actually get past that stuff? She did say um, something along at some point about she's grateful for the fact that he didn't kill her. Like, not to him. She's grateful yeah, for of the course. circumstance that 
yes. she's loved and she, she doesn't want to waste any of the life that she's got, which is great, but I can't even begin to imagine the, the, her dark times, the terror, oh. that she had night terrors, the night, literal nightmares. The woman couldn't sleep, you know, she she wouldn't go out. You know, it's just awful. And that was for years and years and years. It well, until like he's she, dead, that's going to be with her forever because he said he will... She said something about Finish her. she doesn't feel like any great relief or closure on his death, but she saw the relief in her children's eyes and yeah. that was enough for her. Yeah, because the kids it, it would obviously have... would have still had that hanging over them as well. Yeah, and, and there was probably an element of, you know, at least now we can't follow through with what he said he would. So, you know, that, that in itself it was is, that threat, is I think that... something nice, but she probably didn't want him dead as such you know, she doesn't sound like the sort of person no, who i don't think she did I, in fact goes she, beauty in fact i think i read right. that she wasn't necessarily pushing for the death, death penalty yeah but from her perspective that gives her a sense of relief i guess because of that threat where he said he will continue yeah he'll finish the job kind of thing he's horrid oh absolutely i yeah. i really struggle with the that first act of him, that what that would be like to go, imagine, you know, you've been brutally raped and repeatedly over a period of time and then someone goes, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to chop your arms off. Oh. Let's see let's see you survive. I'll give mm. you freedom. I can't even get my, well, I've got, I can't even speak. <laughs> but that act of being cognizant while that was going on with one arm and then him doing the other, I actually don't know how she survived survive that because we talk about other things you know each situation is very different to the to the next from one human body to the next certain set of circumstances sometimes if you'd cut somebody right they would bleed to death yeah but she's had two on where you get the fact that she yeah. survived yeah. That, even before she was able to pack the mud in i she was meant to survive i'm sure i, I have to believe that because yeah. everything was stacked against her and would suggest that that was not going to be the case you know she was not in a great place she would have bled out i can't believe she didn't from her those wounds Oh, it's, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Even that thing of her saying, you know, if I don't continue, this will happen to someone else as she's yeah. getting herself out of that situation yeah. and it happens to someone else anyway. Like what does she have to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> And she did. She, oh. she did a whole lot of lobbying as well that I didn't talk about around trying to change the law. Uh, yeah. there, there was something that and, came and up after about. After that first after, After he the was first time, her yeah, case. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she did a lot of lobbying, and then one of the things that she was trying to get through—can't remember what it was—just died in Congress. There was a bill that she was supporting. You know, like she did a yeah, lot of that yeah. sort of proactive lobbying and yeah. advocacy, and you know, some of it got somewhere, and a lot of it didn't. And well, as a result, Roxanne died. Uh, you said that you think he cut her forearms off. So she wouldn't be recognised. Yeah, which is a bit was weird. That, was that was that written anywhere, yeah, or was that just that something in that several places? Yeah, because it, it sounds to me more like he did that so that she couldn't climb back out. Because if her head's there, the fingerprints or yeah. the hands are less yeah, quite, relevant. Quite probably. Who which knows? also I think is it was just is horribly a... premeditated. Well, was he though? Like, is it? Like imagine sitting there going, I'm going to push them down there and there's a chance they'll get out so I'll chop their forearms off so they don't like that. That's that's what I'm wondering if he 
thought. What is he trying to hurt I her? I do remember someone, yeah, I think he was just trying to hurt her because I remember someone reading, reading something someone said about him that his personality or his psychotic traits were such that he just wanted to, you know, sort of abuse women or use them up and then throw them out like garbage. So, and when you think of the way he attacked so blatantly Roxanne in the in his lounge room in the middle of the day kind of thing and then was just trying to drag her body out to go dump it somewhere. So I think it was more a case of kill her or maim her, throw her down the ravine and throw her out like rubbish. There's also that thing of, you know, the, the man, hate, sorry, the woman hating man goes to jail and becomes a model citizen because there's no women around. <laughs> God, that's a theme, isn't it, mm. that we see way too often? And no alcohol, right? So yeah. one of the other things that appears to have triggered his particularly terrible behaviour and violence was alcoholism. So while he was in jail, of course he seems okay because he doesn't have access to the things that trigger him. Yeah. <sighs> it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot, isn't it? It's re- it's a, an awful lot. You know, I, I, I'm grateful for the judge who gave the most that he could. And acknowledge um, that he would have done And acknowledge that he would do a whole lot more if he could. I think that's really mm. good. And I think in some ways the, the legal process didn't let Mary down. I know that probably doesn't sound right. It, but it, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, did the, the most process they could. didn't, but the, the mm. sentencing at the time was just disgusting. Back to yeah. Carla's outrage about, you know, it doesn't seem to matter how many times you Rape yeah. someone this way or that way, you just get a year for yeah, that, you get yeah. a year for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But, but what I mean murder, is that. Attempted murder by cutting your arms off and you only get six years for that. I beg your pardon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very. Is, oh, two years it, for petty theft. I beg petty your pardon. Yeah. <laughs> Which bit of the, that sentence covered the cutting the arms off? Was that the mayhem bit or was that, that was, the attempted yeah, that murder was in, bit? The mayhem and kidnapping were in the additional four years. Yeah, because in some ways the cutting of the arms off is worse than the attempted murder because they're kind of linked a little bit. But, oh, hang on. You know, now you're going to start arguing like his defence team that you're double dipping on the punishments. <laughs> yeah, no, probably Just the other way. Just roll it all up together because one, one no, begets the other. Yeah. yeah, no, no, completely the opposite where I go. There would be people who are victims of attempted murder who make a more or less full recovery, at least physically. And she's been maimed for the rest of her life mm. significantly to the point where, you know, so many things that she would have been able to do to move on have been taken away from her, her family, her dancing, you know, all those sorts of things. And they, she gets, he gets four years for that. Yeah. Like, and he gets the, you know, that, I'm not okay with the protection from the mob when she gets nothing. But that is... That's your sentence. Well, um, my sentence is, um, I'm not sure if it's appropriate, but I I, I kind of am a Star Wars fan Mm. and I have visions of in episode two maybe... Return of the Jedi, Jabba the Hutt? No, 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 no. No, um, no, I'm talking about the early ones. So Star Wars were four, five, and six. Oh, no, I don't believe in the first one, those other ones. Yeah, I know, they're not great. But there's the one where Anakin becomes Darth Vader and he basically has his limbs chopped off off, and he's left on the banks of a larval river kind of thing. And I think 
that is kind of indicative of what I would like to have happen to Lawrence, but I don't want it to, silly as this sounds, but I don't want it to be But he doesn't get as, to find the force? Well, I don't want it to be as clean as what happened to Anakin, right, because he is then able to make a recovery with a whole lot of, you know, mechanical support and, and of course, the force, blah, blah, blah. But also he's, the nature of a lightsaber, it cauterizes the wound as mm. it happens so that you don't bleed out. Mm. I'd probably be more comfortable with him being on the banks of the Lava River and then the angry mob picking him up and throwing him in Mm -hmm. because I think his punishment needs to ultimately be inflicted by society who just go, remember last week the judge said you are not one of us? Mm. Mm. I, I think... This is another example of where you are not one of us. I don't I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Nothing you say will redeem you. You don't get credits, mate. You know, <laughs> all you get is debits. You know they were just dazed from time served already, but yeah. Oh, no, I understand completely. Yeah. But what, what I'm saying is that there is nothing good about you. I don't care what filth comes out of your mouth. I'm not falling for any of it, so... Yeah, that, that's probably my sentence for him. Swanee? Yeah, I want to work in the same territory, although I'm struggling to come up with a, a punishment per se, but it's around similar themes. I think the thing that sticks with me is after you, you sort of divorce yourself from the fact that what, what has physically happened to Mary, it's yeah. what he how he handles it afterwards that really, you know, he, he just sticks with it. He has no respect for her or women, he he, yeah. he sees her as worthless. That what do you expect? What do you expect? That's the way someone yeah, like that behaves. That's yeah. what you get. So there's I'm not the problem. No, it's like well, she's worthless. She's I, and he's inhumane treatment of her because he he cannot register a degree of don't worry about empathy or anything like that. He it's just it's this sort of inhumane kind of well she's worthless. Doesn't matter what I do to her, and I, I don't know how to flip that onto him but it needs to be someone who perhaps he's wants to have be interested in him or care about him or even see him i know what you I mean, mean but i, do you I know what? it's so hard to to try and articulate what i mean i you're, just you're looking for a psychological nut punch but i think correct. With him that he is so disassociated from yes. society yeah like even towards the end when he's living back at home in florida yeah and he's got his lovely house and he's cooking steaks and handing them out to the neighbours and the yep. neighbours' kids are playing with his puppy Rottweiler and, and everything seems all right. And then he's murdering a person in his lounge room the same day virtually. Yeah. There's something not connected with this man. I don't think he has that idea of gaining other people's respect. I don't think he cares. Yep. I don't think no. he feels like that at all. And that's why it's it's difficult to give him a psychological nut punch. Yeah. So you just have to give him an actual nut punch. Maybe what he needs is the angry mob following him around for the rest of eternity, right? So it doesn't mm. matter where he goes, he can never, ever settle again. And they don't necessarily have to harm him, but they just have to make yeah. sure that his life will never... He'll never be relaxed. He'll never be calm. He'll never think that he can get on with things. There's nothing that he can do to affect that outcome because they have zero respect or interest in who he is or what he has to offer or whether or not he can have a redemption arc in prison or nothing like that. It's just like what you are to me is nothing and, you know, we'll treat you as such. But also he applies for a, a, you know, a house to rent or something and the angry mob say, no, no, you're the murderer, you're the... 
you know, you're the rapist, blah, 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 whatever he does. He goes to out for dinner and the angry mob turn up. All just yeah, yeah. never again can yeah. he go back to a life that will be normal. Yes. It's not deserving. Maybe. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's really fair. Schmitty, what did you save up for you? I didn't actually give it a lot of thought because it was all a bit too horrific. But <laughs> then we need to talk about Star Wars. I think I'm going to go old school and I think I'll just throw him. I'll go, you know, when Jabba the Hutt's out there and there's this giant uh, crater and yes. there's the this the big, bottom. I don't know what it is, whether it's some alien monster at the bottom or it's just a crater with teeth. I don't never really understood it. <laughs> but we'll throw him off into there and let him get eaten and digested by the alien monster because that's where he belongs. And I think it's slowly that you get digested in that alien monster too. Oh, yeah, so it doesn't. And then there has to be some, some way of it sustaining his life force so that he just is slowly digested while he's still alive. Yeah. Well played. Three good punishments. Mm, mm. Oh, he's, he's a real oh, monster. Yeah. And, yeah, back to your point, Swanee, about what else doesn't get reported because he was 50 when he yeah. committed that first crime. I know. Yeah. I, I hard to hard. believe. Yeah, yeah. That anyway. can't be his first time. Mm. I don't It's interesting. So. The other day it, it, we were out with our family for dinner and we, I don't know why we, we're talking about a country or talking about travel and my sister-in-law was talking to the boys about camping and she was saying, when I hitchhiked hiked around Europe and the look on the kids face and even me I had that reaction where now I'm like oh and she was smiling and saying how incredible it was because it It was was, right until it wasn't yeah yeah yeah, this was probably uh I'm guessing the late 80s or something you know never do it now and kids would never you know contemplate different times but it was but people it doesn't mean of course Mm. Yeah, yeah, but people were doing it a lot then, and so yeah. the proportion. Exactly. Yes, yeah. everybody was. It was oh, the yeah. time to get murdered. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now you wouldn't pick up a hitchhiker. That's <laughs> right. right. That's right. Like, I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't think of it. that they're going to murder you. Yeah, that's what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. That's totally how that yeah. sort of whole was turned on its head. I know that was a bit of a shocker, and, yes, I quite <laughs> purposefully pulled that Band-Aid off real fast. You did. But welcome wow. back, Swanee. You managed to get through one oh. episode without taking uh, my headphones off. off. Headphones I know. Off. Yeah. Well done. Well done. I think that was only because there was well no time, no warning. No, you, you got straight to it, and uh, unlike our um, I've forgotten his name, Chicka Chicka Telly Chicka 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 I mean, that was just, oh, my God, one after the other, after the other, after the yeah. other, after the other. That, this one was more Wiggers-like, though, wasn't it, Swanee? Stop it. <laughs> You'll be laughing when you're on the news having to report this, trying to explain how I had a Wiggers trigger and then. You don't even oh. have to. I just play, play it for them. Here's the audio. Sort it out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. And as we say every week, I miss you already. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com trial by wine or visit our website www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. 
Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com.